Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. Are you all ready for the Bible? Um, I, I got to tell you, uh, man, th- this word that I have for you this morning, it's, it's a bit like fire in my bones a little bit, and um, I want to share it with you. I, I just, I feel like the Lord, um, I feel like God is doing something in our midst right now as a church family, and I think, I believe that there is a place that He wants us to go. And I want to talk to you about that today as I'm sharing the word with you and kind of weave it in. But I really feel like we're at kind of like a watershed season where there is something God is doing that he wants, he's inviting us to cooperate with that um, is going to make us a much stronger people in him. Um, And I, I really believe that he wants his power to visit us as a people um, his manifest presence and strength and power to visit us and to visit our homes and to, as a people, uh, I, I think it's something very significant. You know, uh, God has a mission, uh, and that mission is he wants to change some lives around us, and he wants to use us to flow through by his Holy Spirit to do it. Amen? Yeah. All right, let's pray. Or, excuse me let, me, let me read out of Daniel chapter 3. That's where we're going to be today. Daniel's in the Old Testament. Uh, if you're wondering, where is that in the Old Testament? Just look in your table of contents, look it up, um, and uh, you'll find Daniel. We'll be in chapter 3 today. Daniel chapter 3, verse 28. Um, then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel to rescue his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Mm. Serving Jesus ain't for the weak at heart. Man, let's take a moment, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word, and uh, we thank you for your presence. Thank you for speaking. Thank you for the word of the Lord during worship. Thank you for uh, even songs that you just planned right after that, that we can, we're not alone, we can pour out to you, Lord. You are so good and so faithful, Lord. Help us to see you for how great you really are. Thank you, Lord, for your ability to speak to and to address every one of us, even as you address all of us. God, our hearts are open to hear from you, and I pray, God, Lord, would you just uh, fill me with your spirit, your power, your love, God, to share your word with authority. We love you and honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going uh, to the book of Daniel today in the Old Testament. And I want to give you a little bit of background as we're kind of parachuting into this book. Um, king Nebuchadnezzar, he, um, he was the king of the Babylonian Empire. And what had happened was the Babylonian Empire, this is way Old Testament, came in and took Israel captive. And um, in ch- they would take the best and the brightest young men and women, and they would bring them into their service, and they would basically um, kind of ride over all of their culture and everything and change their lives so that they would then serve in Babylon. And um, in chapter 2, the king, he has this dream, 
And uh, he goes to all of his, you know, spooky people and says, all right, I want you spooky prophesiers and prophesiers to tell me my dream, and I want you to then um, tell me the meaning of my dream. And they're like, uh, yo, king, no one can do that. No one can tell you the dream. And, you know, if you tell us the dream, we'll make something, I mean, we'll, we'll interpret it for you. But, and he was like, nah, you're either going to tell me the dream and, and tell me what it means, or I'm killing all y'all. He went Goochlin on them. All y'all. And, um, and they, were, they were really afraid. And so, but they figured out, they were like, you know what, there is somebody who's, who's uh, pretty spiritual and has some you know, spiritual acumen, and that is Daniel. And so they pull Daniel in, and Daniel tells his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he says, listen, y'all, you need to pray for me and fast for me that the Lord will give me this uh, dream. Sure enough, the Lord shows him the dream and shows him the interpretation of the dream. I'm going to go through it quickly because we're not actually going to land there. We're going to chapter 3, but I want to drive you through chapter 1 and 2 on the way there. So Daniel says, here's the dream that you had. You saw this massive statue with a head of gold, with arms and chest of silver, with a belly and thighs of bronze. Sometimes I feel like I have belly and thighs of silver. Anyhow, bronze, legs of iron. There are days when I feel like I have legs of iron. Feet of iron and clay. And then um, Daniel begins to say, here's what it means. He says, your kingdom, Nebuchadnezzar, is, is this, this gold head, right? And as you descend in this picture, they are the subsequent... Uh, kingdoms, the kingdoms that will come behind you, and they're each going to basically degrade, become less and less value, silver to bronze to iron, to iron mixed with clay, and iron don't mix with clay. It says, and then he saw an, a rock get cut out, but not by human hands. I wonder whose hands it was, right? And the rock struck the foot, and the entire statue was obliterated and blown away from, by the wind. And then the whole earth was filled with this, this rock that became a mountain. The whole earth was filled with the kingdom of God. Amen? And basically, it was a picture of none of y'all's kingdoms are going to stand, is what he was saying. And uh, now, Nebuchadnezzar, he's like us. He hears this, you know, hears this thing. He's just happy to be the head of gold right? <laughs> Can you imagine? Like, he's like, well, I'm good. You know, just really pragmatically, right? Like, like I'm golden, if you will. So he, in Daniel 3.1, it says, King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold. He was so happy. He makes an image of gold 60 cubits high, six cubits wide, and set it up on the plain of Dura in, in the province of Babylon. So he was so happy with this vision and so excited because I mean, the irony is he's not really getting it. Like, this isn't good for all the kingdoms, but it's just good for him. He decides, I'm going to make myself a golden idol, you know, a golden statue. And, and so he makes the entire thing gold. It's 90 feet tall. Probably the first 30 feet is just the base. But still, like 90, you're talking like nine-story building right there, right? 90 feet tall. And he inlays the entire thing with gold, and he is far too happy with himself. He's so happy with what he's created that he says in verse 4, then the herald loudly proclaimed, nations and people of every language, this is what you are commanded. Everybody say commanded. Amen. You are commanded to do. As soon as you hear the sound of the hort, flute, flute, zither, I don't know what a zither is, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image of of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. 
Whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. He is very happy with himself. He says, y'all, when you hear the jingle, everybody hit your knees and worship this thing. You know, the world will build systems and then invite you to worship the system. The world sometimes will build things and expect us to worship it. And then there are times when the world will build systems and demand that you worship it. In verse 12, it says, But there were some Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Those are our homies. We like these guys. Who pay no attention to you. Your majesty, they neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold that you have set up. So we have these three Hebrew guys, um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who refuse the order to worship the statue. If you are interested and you want to do extra research, there is a veggie tale on this. There's a story, there's a song about the bunny, the bunny. Anyhow, about worshiping the bunny, I highly recommend if you want to do some deeper research into the word. Um, But what's interesting is um, they will not bow down and they will not worship. You know, a couple weeks ago, I, um, I shared a word about we have, we have a king and how in the Old Testament they wanted to overthrow or they wanted a different king than they had. And God was like, they're not rejecting you as king, they're rejecting me as king. And, and how Jesus, he didn't lead a revolt. You know, he was, his kingdom was not of this world. It was much higher and much greater. He wasn't even looking to overthrow or revolt against the kingdoms of this earth. And we also went to Romans 13 where it talks about how we should submit to governing authorities. And this is a fascinating story. Um, and, and submitting to those governing authorities was independent of their worthiness or their goodness or anything like that. What's fascinating is we have a, a, a story here where in the Old Testament, um, they have been captured by this evil empire, the Babylonian Empire. Uh, they're idolatrous people and, and that kind of thing. And um, these Israelites, they have submitted to the authorities. And we see that they were brought out of Egypt and they were trained. These young men were trained for three and a half years under a Babylonian system and uh, to the point where they were even given different names. And their names were horrible names. Hananiah was, his, was the, the Hebrew name. He was named Shadrach, which means command of Aku, who was the a moon god. So his name became an idolatrous name. Um, Michel, who became Meshach, uh, also had a name, name that came after this, this uh, moon god, Aku. And then Azariah, he's renamed to uh, Abednego. And, from, and that word comes from... Um, the servant of Nebu, who was the god of Murdoch. Um, and so, like, they're all given, frankly, demonic names and renamed, right? Um, and if you go back a little further, they're, they're brought in, they're renamed. They're, they're in chapter 1, they're getting all of this food from the king's table. If you remember this story, Daniel and these, and these three guys say, you know what, we don't, we don't want to eat the food from the king's table. And most people believe it's because it would have violated the Jewish law that they were brought up under to not eat certain types of food. Y'all, the king's food was good, by the way. And I'm always overwhelmed by this story and thankful for when I was born because they said, just feed us vegetables. 
and test us. Because they didn't want, and it, the food would have been uh, dedicated to idols and things like that. And so we see this very interesting kind of mix because in some ways they absolutely submitted to the people that they were being ruled by, but in other ways when it, taught, when it went to the core of their worship, they wouldn't submit. Isn't that interesting? It takes a lot of wisdom, humility, and um, understanding in the word to know when to submit and when to resist. Y'all hear that? Can I humbly say, don't make it up. Because we, you know, you know how we are. We're like, oh, I don't want to submit. And we hide behind scripture and God to do it, right? Don't do that. It was about their worship, right? It was about their worship. And so um, the, the Israelites, um, they had submitted to the authorities in so many ways, even let them rename them, but they would not give up their worship. They wouldn't give away their worship of the one true God. And they would not give up their true identity. And they knew who their God was. King Nebuchadnezzar, he was furious when he found out that they had refused to bow. Actually, the word uses the word furious. And when you read about Nebuchadnezzar, it's like, it's like he flies off the handle one way or another way. He may be the first bipolar like, recorded like, thing in there because this dude is way on the extremes. He pulls him in and he says, listen, I'm going to give you another chance. I'm going to play all this music and I'm going to do all this, this stuff. And when it happens, you bow and I won't throw you into the fiery furnace. Otherwise, you're going in. And here's what it says in verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. Isn't that an interesting approach? If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. He will deliver us from your majesty's hand, but even if he doesn't, it does not, we want you to know your majesty. I love how they are respectful about it. We want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Man. Now, I want to, just for a second, I want to take you out out of Bible story land, and let's make this a little real. Y'all, we're sitting here in the nice safety of, we just just sang, I'm not alone, we got the goosebumps, we're with the presence of the Holy Spirit. We're talking, people have taken them before the king, there is a fiery furnace that is lit, and he's basically saying, you bow before this thing that I made, or you're going into the furnace. Y'all, this ain't playing. But when it came to giving up their worship, it was a line in the sand. We will not serve your gods. We will not worship uh, uh, this image. We will not worship or serve something that you have built. I just love their faith in this story. Their faith that says our God is able to deliver us, our God will deliver us, and then goes as far as even if he don't deliver us, we will not bow. I want to tell you, I, I really believe in my heart that God is taking us as a church family into a place of greater strength as a church family. When I say strength, I mean like spiritual muscles. 
like a deepening of us, a widening of us. Um, I, hopefully not physically. Um, <laughs> 48, you know, fighting the battle. Um, <laughs> say, metabolism? Y'all, the battle's real. Metabolism. Mm. Anyhow, sorry. I was being so serious. I really believe, I really believe that God is strengthening us. I, I think that uh, the Lord put on my heart a few weeks ago that he wanted to strengthen us in the area of prayer. And we're going to be doing some things through the end of the year, but we'll, next year we're going to have a theme really about prayer. I think God wants to just deepen us as a people. And I think he, there's a visitation that he wants to bring upon us where he, he visit us, visits us and does some things that we can't do on our own. But it's not really necessarily about us. I think it's what he wants to do through you, not just to you. Do you hear me? Like it's for others, and there's just a deepening. The picture I had while we were worshiping was of, uh, of David. You know, when David was called before Goliath, um, they tried to put the king's armor on him, and it wouldn't fit. And he was like, I, I can't do this. So he took a sling and a stone. And really, I believe those are the early years of our church, is that we had a sling and a stone, and God slayed some giants, right? But you know, when, when David grew up, um, he didn't go to battle anymore with a sling and a stone. He went with a sword. And I think there's like seasons in our lives, corporately and individually, where you know what? If the sling and the stone is what you got and that's where your faith is, God's going to meet you in that place. But there's this kind of growing up and maturing and deepening where he puts a sword in your hand. And what I believe is I believe that the sword, of course, the word of the Lord, the sword of the Spirit, the thing that he wants to put in our hand is so heavy we can't carry it in our own strength. Do you hear me today? We cannot carry it in our own strength. But here's the thing about a heavy sword. You can do a lot of damage for good, and the right kind of damage and the wrong kind of damage with a heavy sword. It's a trust. And it's almost like we need a strength and a wisdom to wield what God wants to do in and through us as a church family so that we're not intimidated by anything that's going on around us or by the issues that are going on in people's lives. Because I'm telling y'all, the devil likes to, to, to mess with some people's lives. And many of us have experienced that in our own lives where the enemy came and where he messed with our lives. But you know what? He doesn't have any authority here. He doesn't have any authority in your life. He doesn't have any authority to come against you and your family because you are covered by the blood and the name of Jesus. Amen? But there is a strengthening that needs to happen inside of us. And the wisdom of these young men to know when to go, oh, no, and do it vocally. No, my king, I will not do that. No, I will not, I will not uh, capitulate or, or give up my, my authority in this area. I'm just going to, to stand firm because you can have a lot of things, but you can't have my worship. You can't come again. That is sacred. No one gets my worship because that is not moving anywhere. It really reminds me in the Old Testament of another story where um, in Esther, there's a guy named Haman. Haman gets promoted to be second 
to the king, to King Xerxes. And Haman is all about himself. And he goes about and he says, listen, everybody, I want you to bow down to me. And Haman was a, an Amalekite. And uh, he goes and there's this guy named Mordecai who's one of the, the heroes in this story. He's Esther's um, cousin who has raised him, raised Esther. And uh, Mordecai is before Haman and Haman's like, you need to bow. He's like, oh, I ain't bowing. He won't bow to him. And Haman gets so angry, he says, listen. He says, I'm going to kill you, and I'm going to kill all the Jews. Genocide. Builds gallows 75 feet tall just to take care of Mordecai. Just completely over the top. Here's the thing, y'all. Sometimes there is pressure in our lives to turn to something other than God. Well, you know, let me just take a break from God. For a few minutes here, because I have other resources, I have other ways, I have other things that I could turn to in this moment. The three young Hebrews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they decided in that moment, we're not turning to anything else. How easy it would have been to just bow for a moment. To just bow, let me just, just, you know what, no one else is watching. No one else knows right now. And it would have been easier for Mordecai to say, you know what I'm going to bow. And he had the pressure that Haman was going to come against all of his people. He said, no, something I will not give is I'm not going to give up my worship. Daniel 3.19, let me finish that thought. I want to encourage you, when the pressure comes, press into God. When the pressure comes to yield your faith, to turn to anything but the Lord, press into God. Don't don't let anything else take His place in your life, and He'll see you through. Daniel 3.19, Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and his attitude toward them changed. He ordered the furnace to be heated seven times hotter than usual and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So these men, wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes, were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent, and the furnace was was so hot that the flames of fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. I don't know about you, I've never been tested like that. Right? But you know, sometimes it feels like the enemy has bound you. And sometimes it feels like the oppression that has come against you, that has come upon you, is so heavy. And sometimes the the enemy is backing you into a corner to see if you will yield. And sometimes it feels like you're being pushed towards the flames and you're feeling the heat and you're wondering, when is God going to come through? I wonder if they're wondering, is he going to like put out the fire? Is he like going to, like, and then people are like dying around them. They're like, well, like, okay. Like, like, what is going to happen? But you know, you got to remember who fights for you. And you got to remember your deliverer and remember who you worship and remember the Lord because the promise is he will never leave you nor forsake you. 
Do you hear that today? He will never leave you nor forsake you. What I love is that they were like, even if he doesn't save us, I am not going to yield. I think, I think that is something that I want to see deep inside of me, you know, germinate and really produce fruit. Like, you know what? Like, my conviction is so deep. My trust in the Lord and my desire to worship Him, there is nothing that is going to come between me and my worship of this mighty God. And in verse 24, it says, Then Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, Weren't there three men that were tied up and thrown into the fire? And I want you to imagine that. Three men, are, are, they are tied up, right? They should be combusting. They should be on fire, right? They replied, certainly, your majesty. He said, look, I see four men walking around. Hold on, I thought they were bound. I saw four men walking around the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like the Son of God. Love Deuteronomy 31, 6. Be strong and courageous. Don't be terrified or afraid because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you and never forsake you. We sang it today. You are not alone. You are not alone. You are never alone. Could I, could I share with you that they saw the fourth one in the fire, but he was always there. Yeah. Do you hear me today? Yeah. They saw him in the fire with them. But he was already there with them. He was there with them when they faced the king. He was there with them when the men are carrying him off. He was with them in the fire. It's just that now we get to see who is in the fire with them. They're walking around. The only thing that burnt was the things that they tied him up with. Come on now, right? Come on, come on. I mean, right? How's that work in your life? The thing that they come to bind you with is going to get burnt up, right? I mean... To walk around in the fire, to walk around in the place that was meant to destroy you, and to be there with Jesus. Now, don't get, don't get too excited. Like, we don't, we're not trying to get there, right? But we're real happy it turned out the way it did. But what is God developing in you? Is there a strength and a depth of conviction that is developing in you that says, my God is the only God. My God is the one God who's going to get my worship. There is no idol, there is no thing that I'm going to worship in this world or give my attention or focus to or be diverted to, but my God. I love the impact that it has. And, and this is what I believe. I believe the impact of your conviction and your worship and your love for God is supposed to have this kind of impact. Daniel 3.26, Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God. Oh, how his tune has changed. Come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, we had a meeting. No, just kidding. <laughs> So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire, and the satraps, prefects, governors, and royal advisors crowded around them, and they saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair 
On their heads singed, their robes were not scorched, and they did not smell of the fire. Now that's a mighty deliverance. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted him and defied the king's commandment. Yeah, we've been paying attention, king. And were willing to go up with their lives rather than serve or worship, rather than serve or worship, rather than serve or worship any god but their own. Man, they came out of the fire, y'all. And I want to tell you today that your trial is not a life sentence. But I'm going to, but I'll also tell you, the only one who's going to get you out of the fire is the fourth person in that room. Y'all hear me? Right? Like, sometimes we're like, well, when's it going to stop? Well, cry out. Right? Like, let your conviction go, go as, as deep as the trial is. Let your conviction meet that place. The fire had not harmed them. This is so inspiring to me. And the Lord is going to protect you physically. The fire, they didn't even smell like fire. Y'all, the Lord is going to protect your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. Could you even come out of that fire without the trauma of having been in the fire? Right? Like, like these, that kind of conviction. Don't get me wrong. I don't want the test. But by golly, I want to meet the moment with a faith and a conviction that is deep in me. I want to ask you today, does the Lord own you? Does he own you? I'm so impressed that these young men, do you know that they were like governors? Like they had risen to authority. They weren't just in Babylon. They were like authorities in Babylon. And yet there was a red line for them. Oh, no, we ain't bowing to that. Oh, but you got a good job, and you got a good situation. You're set up in this Babylonian empire. No, that's a line I won't cross. Does, does God own you? And what I mean by that, like, like, is there any area that you're holding like this and said, yeah, he's, he's got most of it, but this area, you know, I, I need to control it, or I need this in my life, or, you know, I, 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 this thing I got to have. I want to encourage you today to give up your rights to give up your rights. God wants to own all of you. It is so much easier to serve God hard than it is to serve Him easy. It's easy to serve God hard because it's just everything. It's like it, he's, just, he's just my all. He's got everything. But don't have anything in your life that stands between you and Him. He is the one that we worship. There's nothing else that I give my worship to but God. He's the one that I serve. I don't serve a system. I don't serve something that's popular. I don't serve something. He is the one that I serve, and everything flows from that. I want to tell you today, if maybe you've never had that point in your life where you said, I'm all in, like that kind of all in. I want to tell you today, Jesus wants to give you a new life. He wants to give you a new life. He wants to bring you out of darkness into his marvelous light. He wants to to save you and he wants to be with you and make that promise to you, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. Whether you see me or you don't see me, I'm always there and I'm always with you. But I want to tell you, this kind of God 
deserves everything that you have. He deserves your entire allegiance. If you've never had that moment in your life where you gave him your entire allegiance, today is a great day to be born again. I happen to have been born on this day. July 31st, 2023 could be your day. 22. I'm a planner. (laughs) If you know me, you know that's true. (laughs) I'm already in 2023. It's really sad to be up here. Um, (laughs) But I want to tell you today, there's nothing. No one deserves your worship like our God. No one deserves your life like our God. And no one loves you like our God. No one on earth loves you the way that he loves you, that he would give up his only son. Send him to a cross to take care of all the sin that you and I, everyone in this room has done. He's covered it all because he's just and he'll punish sin. But he is loving and wants to extend forgiveness to you. If you have not received this new life, I just want to encourage you today to make that decision, to cry out to God and say, Jesus, come into my life. I want to serve you. I want you to be my God forever. And if that's a decision that you're making and you're in the room, I want to pray with you because there's no no greater decision you'll make in your life than that landmark. And then then, then the orders are just follow Jesus the rest of your life, whatever that means, just follow him. If you're online and you're making that decision or you're listening to the podcast and you're making that decision, go to victorychristian.church and click on next steps because we want to connect with you. I want to connect with you. I want to rejoice with you uh, because it's the best journey you'll ever have in your life. Would you stand with me today? I want to pray with you and I want us to pray corporately today because I, I very sincerely believe there's a deepening and a strengthening that God is doing in us. And um, all we need to do is just respond to him each step of the way. But I want to tell you, it's because he has plans for us, but it's mostly because he's got plans for people around us. Because he ain't done saving people. Amen? Father, we love you today. We are so inspired by the conviction of these men who'd be willing to be thrown into a literal fire rather than give up their worship and service to you. God, strengthen us. God, let there not be any man-made thing that comes in between us and our worship to you. May we be a discerning people. May we be a wise people. May we be a strong people, and may we be a humble people before you. God, I thank you for some today. They needed to hear that you're in there in the fire. They needed to hear that today. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that there would be a faith that rises up in them that says, I am not alone. He'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. Lord, may folks who are in the fire today be able to cry out, and say, God, I trust you right now. I call upon you right now. Father, we thank you for being our deliverer today. Thank you, Jesus. There's some folks today who 
you know, you, you're, you're here today and you're like, I think I just need to spend some more time with Jesus and I need some prayer today. I'm going to invite our prayer team to come up and they're going to be up here on the sides. And if you want some prayer today, you can come up and receive prayer. And, um, and with that, um, I'm going to dismiss the rest of us who'd like to go. But if you'd like some prayer today, just slide up here and we're going to, um, we're going to pray for you today. Amen? Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us or if you'd like to know how you can give, go to victorychristian.church.